So for those of you who don't know what's going on, right? basically I've told a secret to one of the brothers and one of the sisters, and the objective of the game is to pass on the secret without repeating, guys. Huh? Guys, just say it once, don't repeat. And inshallah, after two minutes, we will stop to see what was heard. Okay, As it was passed along, what was heard. We'll give two minutes, inshallah, and then we will resume. Consider this like a short break for you guys, okay? I know you're fasting and... So where has the secret reached? Can I see hands up for where the secret has reached? It's still there? Wow. Uh, guys, you need to move faster. I was expecting it to reach the end. Pa keep, keep, keep passing it on. You have to, whatever you heard, just pass it on. Okay, so... So whoever's passing it on, please make sure you say it properly. Yeah? Can you give it another attempt? Ah, so no one heard it properly? Yeah, whatever you, whatever you heard, pass it on, inshallah. Yeah? Just play along, play along, yeah. I need at least three rows, right? So for this to make sense, inshallah. Three rows. Come on, move it, move it. It's still stuck there? Oh, you're repeating it. Okay. Pass it on, inshallah. Last one, and then we will stop. Okay, sisters, you can stop. Pass it on once. Okay, you can stop, inshallah. Okay, good. That's it, brother. You can stop now. So, what did you hear, sister? Last one. Louder. Pass. Ah, someone decided to pass. What about you, brother? Cabin fever. Okay. Okay, so the message was cabin fever is contagious in many parts of the southeast. Okay. But um, apparently the message changed, turned into pass, as you can see, just after like 10 people. Here, some people decide to omit the main part of the sentence. Okay. But the, what's, what do we learn from this exercise? We learn the importance of communication and verification of what you hear, right? Without verification, what ends up happening? Wrong information gets spread, which is basically the next topic. Manners in terms of how you deal with information in a society, right? News and information that's important to you. What are the manners in dealing with this information? And you know, we're living in those times where information, we're overloaded with that, right? There's information on TV, there's information in your devices, right? WhatsApp, Twitter, Instagram, all of these things. Uh, news, news channels and you know, newspapers. Wherever you go, there's news and information and people are sending you messages and texts and you know, updates on Facebook and all sorts of information. 
Imagine that Surah Al-Hujurat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to emphasize the importance of verifying news when it comes to manners. Okay? So you want social harmony in a society? You should be people who are always verifying the news before you spread it along. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya amanu. Again, you see? Oh, you who believe. You really claim to believe? Then listen up. Pay attention to this. You want social harmony? This is how you get social harmony. In If a fasiq comes to you with some important news, then verify it. Okay? Investigate it. And then Allah says, أَن تُصِيبُوا قَوْمًا بِجَهَالَةٍ فَتُصْبِعُوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلْتُمْ نَادِمِينَ Make sure you verify this, otherwise you might accuse a people wrongly and as a result of your ignorance, you may be extremely regretful. Okay? So let's, we need to understand who a fasiq is. Because Allah here is saying, when a fasiq comes to you with important news. And you know in the Arabic language, there's two words for news. There's khabar and there's naba'. Okay? Khabar is just any news. Like for example, I don't know, Pakistan won the cricket match. Okay? Or, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, Muhammad Ali died or something, you know, it's, it's news, but is it very important to you personally in your life? No, right? It's just news. It's one of those news out there. And so, naba is news and information that impacts you and has a very important part, role to play in your life. Something very personal to you, something very important to you. That's what naba is. That's why nabi is used for prophets. Because nabi came with an important message that is important to every single one of us. So, when a fasiq comes to you with important news, who is a fasiq? Fasiq is someone, fisk literally means when a seed comes out of its shell. Okay? So, fasiq here is someone who has come out of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and is in disobedience. He's outwardly sinning, outwardly proclaim, proclaiming his disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is who a fasiq is. So, Allah is saying, whenever a fasiq comes to you with news, verify it before you spread it, okay? And this is how rumors spread in a society, right? How do rumors spread in a society? It's one news that comes to you, you don't verify it, and without verifying, you pass it on to another and to another and to another, and little you know it, this, all, all this information is being spread all over the city in a way that was never verified. And we have classic examples of this when it comes to Aisha and his life, right? We all know the story of the ifk, the big lie that happened in her life, where she was wrongfully accused of committing adultery with a Sahabi when she was left behind in one of the caravans. Okay, this is something that happened in the life of the Prophet. There was also rumors that were spread once in one of the battles where the Prophet was there was a rumor that he was killed. And all the Sahaba started panicking and there was chaos. Another part of the Sirah is where Uthman was there was a rumor that he was also assassinated. And you know, a war was about to break up just because of this false news. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is emphasizing here that whenever news comes, don't be reactive to it. You know, unfortunately, we, we because again, this theme of patience, right? We've become impatient. We're living in the age of Instagram, instant messaging, instant sharing, right? And so whatever information comes, we just immediately share it. We react to it. We get angry when it's a rumor that's, that's supposed to upset you. We become sad when it's something that you know, saddens you. But we don't verify things. 
And that could lead to a lot of conflict in the society if we don't verify this. Sometimes wars are fought in the name of, you know, just a small rumor that was spread wrongfully without verification. And so Allah here also is emphasizing on jahala, right? If you ignorantly just pass on rumors without verifying, then you will be regretful. Allah is linking ignorance to regret. And, you know, here we're also learning, you know, when it comes to forwarding, you know, this option of forwarding and sharing, it's become so easy now, right? One button, you can forward a hadith of the Prophet or, you know, some story written by someone. You don't know its validity. And, you know, in the age of the internet, there's so much, you know, information out there. There's so much even authentic, like, or religious texts that are, you know, uh, not authentic anymore. You know, things that are misquoted, things that are quoted out of context, things that are, you know, not even associated to the Prophet they get spread as if it was a hadith of the Prophet or something that happened during the life of the Prophet Whereas many of this, these things are unauthentic, right? They were spread by fasiq people who just want to cause, you know, um, hatred and conflict and tension in a society. And so this is part of the etiquettes of a society. And then Allah goes on in ayah number 7 to say, وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ فِيكُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Know that amongst you is Rasulullah. لَوْ يُطِيعُكُمْ فِي كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْأَمْرِ لَعَنِتُمْ If he was to obey you in most of your matters, then you would be in distress, you would be in difficulty. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانَ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي خُلُوبِكُمْ but Allah has beautified iman and decorated it in your hearts. And he has made it something that you love. And he has made these three things, kufr, disbelief, fusuq, outward disobedience to Allah, and asyan, small minor sins. Allah has made all these three hated to you, something that's disgusting to you, you know? Something that you don't like, you dislike these three things. And then Allah says, those are the rightly guided people. So what is Allah here telling us? Allah is telling us here to, to remember. He's telling first the Sahaba. That listen, you're, you're spreading these false rumors. Have you forgotten that the Prophet is among you? Have you for, forgotten that he is among you? You know, it's putting things into perspective. But again, you could ask, wait a second. The Prophet is, is dead, right? He's not among us now. So how does this ayah apply to us? Well, the Prophet my dear brothers and sisters, is among us today with his sunnah, with his tradition, with his teachings. He is among us today. And so Allah here is reminding us to, to always, when it comes to our manners in a society, when it comes to this topic of verifying news, know that Rasulullah is among you. And by the way, if you are doing something wrong, right? If you are disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you for one second remembered or just imagined that the Prophet ﷺ is with you. Would you continue disobeying Allah? No, right? Immediately what would happen? You would fix yourself. Why? Because, because of this respect of the Prophet ﷺ. Just his presence with you would set you straight. And so Allah is using this, you know, this uh, tactic to get the, Prophet, get the Sahaba, the companions, and also us, the readers, to get our act together. But always remember, imagine that Prophet ﷺ is with you. Whenever there is a matter of doubt in your life, whenever there's a matter that's not clear, just, just ask yourself, what if the Prophet ﷺ was with me? Would I do this? Would it be appropriate to do this if the Prophet ﷺ was sitting next to me? 
and your answer will be immediately sorted out, right? It's like this amazing checks and balances that you can do immediately. You don't have to go seek a fatwa from anybody. Just ask yourself this question. Would it be appropriate for me to do this if the Prophet ﷺ was amongst us today? And so here Allah also teaches us this beautiful idea of Iman. That Iman by nature, by fitrah, like I told you, it's human nature for Iman to be something beautiful to us. Right? It's something Allah has decorated in our hearts. It's something that Allah made beautiful. And kufr and disobedience to Allah and all sorts of sin, they're supposed to be by nature something hated to us. Right? Newborn babies and babies in general, right? they don't like to you know, do things that disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't like to see things that are filthy. They don't, it's, it's against human nature, against fitrah. But what does shaitan do as we grow older? He reverses this, right? Obedience to Allah becomes something hated. Good manners become something hated. And disobedience and, and you know, all sorts of disbelief and, and sins, they become something that's attractive to us. SubhanAllah, this is one of the deceptions of shaitan. He deceives you into thinking that kufr and fusukh and isyan are beautiful. It's something attractive. And he has his marketing tactics. right? He has his ways of selling these ideas to us falsely. Many people fall into this trap. But Allah is telling us what the reality of our hearts is. So here Allah is also giving us hope that every single one of us, there is hope for you. There is iman inside of you that's made beautiful to you. You just have to go back into it, back deep inside and, and explore and and ponder upon this and, and discover it for yourself. And you know, for some people, when you're away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's like, you know, waking up someone who's been asleep in a dark room for a long time. Does waking up, is it comfortable to wake up and opening the curtains, is it comfortable? When you open the lights all of a sudden, very uncomfortable, right? Allah here is telling us that, you know, maybe if you try to change your life, you were in, in darkness and you're coming to light, at the beginning, it might be disturbing. There might be some pain, might, some difficulty in the beginning. But as you, you know, get used to it, it'll start becoming easier and easier for you. And the month of Ramadan is really the month of you know, getting these proper habits in place. Getting rid of all the negative habits, you know, um, whether it's you know, looking at shameless things, uh, using your hands for shameless things, hearing shameless things, using your tongue in an inappropriate way, even negative thoughts, right? Ramadan is a month of purifying our, all of our, you know, uh, all of these senses and components of our life into obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and why did Allah design 30 days as a training camp for all of this? Because, you know, these habits take time to become part of our lifestyle. If you get used to not watching shameless things for 30 days, it becomes easy for you then. And, and when you see a bad scene or a bad movie or, or some bad clip, then you would detest it naturally. Why? Because you got used to being pure from that. When you get used to watching your tongue, not hurting people, not lying, not backbiting, when you do that for 30 days, it becomes a habit. And when something becomes a habit, then you know, filthy things, filthy language will not come out of your mouth. And so Ramadan is that one month a year where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us all a chance to instill these good habits and get away or move those bad habits so that we can revive that beauty of iman in our hearts and dis detest whatever displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout this month. And you know, this idea is very close to this, you know, sensitivity, right? 
our heart is like very, very sensitive to sin. When it's pure, it becomes very sensitive to sin. But the more you sin, the more dark your heart becomes, the more desensitized you become, the more insensitive you become. Everything becomes normal for you. Right? And so in Ramadan, what happens is, you know, one month of training and purifying our hearts and iman and taqwa. Why? Because we have to continue with this heart and taqwa for the next 11 months. And so, you know, it's like doing laundry with that t-shirt, right? You, you did all of this effort to clean the shirt. That's the one month cleansing of the heart. And then you're supposed to wear that shirt and enjoy it for the remaining 11 months. And if, if a stain comes on the shirt, how do you feel? Do you like it or do you, do you get upset? That is supposed to be the reaction you get to any sin that happens to you after Ramadan. You should immediately wipe it away. Immediately make istighfar and tawbah and repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek forgiveness. And, and make sure that heart is super clean because that is the most precious thing and taqwa will help you protect it. But what happens to most people after Ramadan and Eid? What happens? Problems, right? We end up thinking like it's, a, it's party time and I finished the one month of worship and Allah forgave all my sins and now I have a clean slate. Now I can party again for the next 11 months, which defeats the whole purpose, right? The purpose of having a clean slate in Ramadan is to continue having a clean slate for the next 11 months. Okay? It's not to corrupt your heart again for the next 11 months. Allah wants us to be always in a state of purity and always our heart should be in a state of you know, uh, iman and taqwa. That is really the objective. So next, we, inshallah, we will um, have a small competition. This is another break, inshallah. I need some young guys to come up to the stage. Um, how many boys between the age of 10 and 15? Okay, so you come, one. Yes, striped shirt. Come, you two also. Yes. Yeah, the, the green, green, come. One, two, three. I need, I need a couple of more. Yes, the brother in the back. Green. Okay, very good. Uh, you, need to, you need to come up, inshallah. Get, get um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Three more. Any, any th three more? Yes, come. How many balloons do we have? Okay, that's enough, inshallah. Come. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Grab a balloon. Each of you grab a balloon and come up on the stage, inshallah. And uh, hand them all. Okay, come up on the stage from here, inshallah. Give me the... the So if you, if you, I think you should all stand up and inshallah, just get your blood circulating, inshallah, while we do this game, inshallah, okay? No talking, just stand up, inshallah. Okay.
Are you guys ready to play this game? Yes, are you sure? All of you ready? Okay. Uh, before we start, here's a toothpick for each of you. Now, all of you have a balloon in your hand, right? This is a competition. It's called the balloon competition. What's it called? Balloon competition. Whoever, and I'll give you two minutes, whoever remains at the end of the two minutes with an unpopped balloon will get a prize from us. Okay, your time starts now. Objective is unpop balloon. Come on, come on, come on, guys. Wait, wait a second, guys. The, the exercise was you should not pop your balloon. Whoever has an unpopped balloon, why are you popping your balloon? Okay. You don't understand? Do we have more balloons? See, the objective is you should not pop your balloon. What did, what did I say? Who will get the prize? The one whose balloon is unpopped. Why did you pop your balloons? Okay? So whoever, after two minutes, has an unpopped balloon will bring the, get the prize. Okay? Let's get to, uh, two more, inshallah, or there's no more left. Ah, Okay. Khalas, we'll, we'll do it with the four. The rest of you, inshallah, you, you guys popped your own balloon, so you can go back to your seats. Go, go back, inshallah, to your seats. Okay. So the competition, guys, you understand English? Yes? Listen carefully. There's two minutes. All of you have the toothpick in your hand? Whoever remains with an unpopped balloon in his hand after two minutes will be the winner. Okay? On your marks, get set, go. Two minutes. You, none of you wants to win? Who wants to be the winner? Two minutes left. Whoever will remain with a balloon... Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. There's still, there's still one minute left. Okay, give them a round of applause, brothers and sisters. Come stand forward. Okay, okay uh, wait, wait. Uh, stay here for a second. So what did we just experience now? Who won? Nobody won, right? What were the instructions I gave? The instructions I clearly gave was whoever was left with an unpopped balloon would get what? A prize. 
How many ended up with an unpopped balloon? Nobody gets surprised, guys. Okay? Unfortunately, nobody gets surprised. Who was the last one to get the prize, uh, to remain without a balloon? Okay, we can give him, inshallah, a gift just because he was the last one, right? But what, what did you guys miss out on? What was the opportunity here? Take it, inshallah. Clap for him, inshallah. Very good. So what do we learn from this exercise? We learn that had they all four stayed without popping each other's balloons, who would get the prize? All four, right? So in the beginning, mashallah, you were all very pure and kind. And there was, there was social harmony on the stage. But then some people started giving you <laughs> satanic thoughts, right? And those satanic thoughts entered in your minds. One person started, and then what happened? Alas, it spread in society. This is exactly how chaos and conflicts happen in our society, where nobody wins at the end, everybody is a loser. So I hope you, inshallah, learn from this lesson, inshallah. Give them a round of applause, inshallah. So I'm, I'm really glad they started popping each other's balloons. Otherwise, this whole uh, game would be pointless. Yeah? So those who suggested, thank you, Yanni. So uh, let's do a quick refresher before we continue, okay? So how many manners did we cover so far? Because we have about 45 minutes left, inshallah. It should be done by six. How many manners did we cover? What was manner number one? With Allah. Say it out loud. Allah. And number two, the Prophet. Number three, news and rumors. Number four is what we're doing now. This is uh, not the balloon competition, but conflict, okay? So conflict, how to deal with conflicts. And, you know, this is also amazing that Allah included in this surah because he's telling us that, listen, having social harmony means sometimes you will have conflict. It's impossible to have a society that has no conflict. But Allah here is teaching us in this ayah how to react to conflicts, how to deal with them. So conflicts will happen. We're human beings. There will be certain times where things will happen, but Allah is telling us, the remedy. He's teaching us how to fix problems. What's the right attitude when conflict happens in a society? And what's interesting is, what does this teaching come after? What was the point before? The point before was about verifying news. Verifying news and rumors, right? Allah here is between the lines. Is, is, you know, the, the argument is flowing perfectly. Now he's saying, listen, if you are not attentive and careful about how the way you you know, how, the way your manners are when it comes to information, validation, that's going to result in conflict in your lives. You see how it's flowing? Okay. And most conflicts in society happen as a result of what? Misinformation. Rumors. Someone spreads something falsely, right? To create hatred between two groups. And that's where the conflict starts. Even if the, if the brothers here, they, they, you know, in the balloon exercise, if they paid attention to my instructions very carefully, there would be no conflict, right? But they didn't pay attention. They listened to rumors from the audience, right? And what happened? Conflict started. So it's a perfect example. So Allah is telling us that whenever two groups, وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ 
this is so beautiful. Allah is saying when two groups of believers iqtatalu, when they fight against each other wanting to kill one another. Who did Allah say these people are? Mu'mineen. Can you imagine that? Even believers sometimes, there will be times where they will be fighting against each other to kill one another. So Allah is saying whenever two groups of believers fight one another, فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا What is the role of the society? To make peace between them. And this ayah is talking about a, a, an incident that happened during the time of the Prophet ﷺ where, um, you know, the, the chief of the hypocrites, what was his name? Abdullah ibn Ubay. Okay, Abdullah ibn Ubay, he was known as the chief of the hypocrites. And the Prophet ﷺ one day was visiting him with his companions. Okay, And the Prophet ﷺ, usually he used to travel, his mode of transportation was a donkey. So the moment he reached Abdullah bin Ubay with the intention of teaching him and you know, giving some good uh, you know, da'wah to him, Abdullah bin Ubay reacted by, by doing this. He says, your donkey stinks. Your donkey really stinks. And so the Sahaba, how did they react? They were upset. You know? And so one of the Sahabas said, you stink more than the donkey. Literally. And then Abdullah bin Ubay's friends shouted back. And they shouted back. They shouted back until they, they removed their slippers and started hitting each other. There was no actual killing. Like they didn't get their guns out or anything. But they started beating one another with slippers, with sticks. Okay? It was a result of what? One statement, one comment that was thrown to insult. Okay? Which will come later on. Okay? So as you're noticing, you know, this conflict started with what? A statement with the tongue. Just keep that in mind, inshallah. We'll come to, that, come to that later. So Allah is saying, whenever two groups of people are fighting one another, what's our role as a society? Make peace. Okay? Aslihu baynahuma. Then Allah says, after you make peace, if another group insists on you know, creating chaos, فَإِن بَغَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا عَلَى الْأُخْرَى فَقَاتِلُوا الَّتِي تَبْغِي حَتَّى تَفِيَا إِلَىٰ أَمْرِ So let's say there's group A and group B. Okay? These two gangs are fighting with one another. The rest of the community's job is to what? Make peace between gang A and gang B. Good. Now let's say they sat on the table. Everyone's cool. After the meeting's over, they go outside and gang B plan a, a secret attack on gang A again. Now what does Allah's instructions now all of society and gang A have to fight who? Gang B to set them straight. Okay. Until they are set straight, until there is peace again. Because the idea here is when two groups you know, are agreeing to make peace, then everyone is in peace. But then if that other group insists, then all of the community, including group A, will go and fix the problem. And so here Allah is teaching us Manners of dealing with conflict. This could be a conflict between two people. It could be a conflict between two groups. It could be a conflict between two sports clubs. It could be, you know, whatever it is. Whatever conflict in your community. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here, when He says, make peace, فَإِن فَاءَتْ فَأَصْلِحُوا If they, this group B, this, you know, deviant group, if they turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then make peace, بَيْنَهُمَا بِالْعَدْلِ Make peace with justice and do justice. Be fair with them. 
even after they, you know, because what will most of the community think of, the, of group B now? After group A and group B sat on a table and they made peace, group B again decided to do a secret attack. How will everyone feel about group B? They won't like them, right? Group B will be, you know, the, the bad people in society. Allah is saying, no, no, no. When you, all of you fight them and they all make peace again, then you need to do justice with everybody. You can't treat group B unfairly anymore. You can't have that grudge anymore. So Allah here is telling us that after conflicts happen and you resolve them, grudges should go. You should not be biased. Don't be biased to group A over group B. Just because group B was, you know, did some mischievous uh, acts. Treat them all fairly. Because, why does Allah say this? Because if the society started being biased towards group B and started treating them unfairly, how, what would happen very soon? Again, another fight would happen, right? These, the hearts would still be negative. There would still be some tension. Allah's clearing the matter from the roots, right? Make peace and then be just. And Allah to encourage us says, Inna Allaha yuhibbul muqsiteen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who are fair in their dealings with others. How many of you want to be loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this is one of those ayat in the Qur'an. There's several ayat in the Qur'an where Allah declares His love for certain groups of people with certain characters. So one of the characteristics that we're learning, which is an essential teaching of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, is this idea of dealing justly with people, being fair, right? forgiving. And whatever happened, happened. If we made peace, move on. I'm fair with you. I have no biases anymore. So that's how we deal with conflicts. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about this idea of brotherhood and unity in a community. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He's reminding us, you know, what, how do you prevent conflict? This is conflict prevention now. You need to have the manners of brotherhood in a society, unity. So Allah is saying, there's no doubt about it, believers are brothers. And of course, this applies to sisters also, right? Some sisters might say, wait, how, how come, you know, Allah doesn't talk about us in the Qur'an? So here Allah is saying brothers, but it's meant for both groups. Brothers and sisters, you are brothers to one another. You are sisters to one another. فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَ أَخَوَيْكُمْ So make peace between each other. Make peace between one another. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ And be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be protective so that you may be forgiven. And so here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is encouraging us all. How many of us know family members who don't talk to each other? Or conflict in our families, or relatives, or cousins, or aunts, or uncles? Yes, it's very common in, in Muslim society. Allah is encouraging us here, make peace between them. Go out of your way, get out of your comfort zone to make peace. It's a duty upon us. It's a command. فَأَصْلِحُوا Is it easy to do that? Not easy, right? A lot of difficulty, there's conflict. You might end up in trouble yourself. You might, be, you might end up being slapped by your uncle, right? For interfe interfering. But Allah here is telling us that this idea of that's none of my business, that doesn't work in a social harmon harmonious uh, community. You want social harmony? It is your business to fix the affairs of your brothers and sisters. You can't say it's none of my business. You can't just sit in your room and watch TV and let other people fight. You can't watch two groups of people fighting 
and you just sit there and watch with popcorn. I remember back in school days, we used to do that, right? We used to look forward to the fight after school, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, yeah? And we just watch, right? Whoever, who beats each other up, who wins over the other. This is all from the days of ignorance. This is jahiliyyah, right? We need to be people who get in the middle, even if it means being punched in the face, even if it means getting in trouble, maybe, you know, you get a slap or two, but that's your role. That's how social harmony is, is, is placed in a society. And Allah ends it by saying, لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ Perhaps you may be also given mercy. So Allah is encouraging us. You want Allah to have mercy on you? Go out of your way and make islah with others. There's a huge reward in this. So we're, we're at point number what now? Six. Manners when it comes to dealings with fellow Muslims. Okay? And here Allah talks about this concept of how does unity break apart in a society. Okay? Allah is telling us what destroys brotherhood in a society. What destroys sisterhood in a society. And this is how we deal with Muslims. And in and, and this section there's two ayat. Okay? The first one is going to be talking about what um, qualities a fasiq has. Right? What qualities a fasiq has. Remember earlier Allah hinted to not taking news from a fasiq. And the question arises who is a fasiq. So Allah here is describing to us the qualities of fisq. The qualities of fisq that many people have in a society that we need to inshallah get rid of. And of course this ayah that we're going to talk about is how our manner should be with Muslims when it comes to in the public. Right? Face to face with one another, how we should deal with one another. So Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu. Again, a reminder. Oh, you who claim to believe, are you believers? Then pay attention. La yaskhar qawmun min qawmin. Asa an yakunu khayran minhum. Let not one group make fun of another group. Perhaps that group may be better than this group. Wala nisa'um min nisa'in asa an yakunna khayran minhum. And let not a group of women make fun of another group of women. Perhaps it may be that the other group is better than the, the, the group that's making fun. So in this part of the ayah, Allah talks about the prohibition of making fun. Cracking jokes about each other, mocking each other. Right? Is this common in our society? Yes? And it's usually taken very lightly, right? So for example, if you have one person that um, is known to be a murderer, okay, he's killed someone, and you have a person who's commonly known to make fun, who's looked down upon more? The murderer, right? Even when it comes to someone who's an alcoholic versus someone who makes fun. Someone who's a, a, a comedian who always makes fun of other people's accents, other people, other nationalities, other skin colors. Who would be looked down upon more, an alcoholic or someone who makes stand-up comedy about other, other nationalities and other groups in a disrespectful way? Who's looked down upon more in society? The alcoholic, right? Here Allah is telling us the, the priorities and what has more weight. There's no doubt about it, alcohol is a sin. But when you make fun of others, you're getting into a different territory altogether now. You're getting into... Attacking other people's nobility and respect. 
And this is something that Allah has given all of humanity, right? This respect and honor. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ We have honored all of the children of Adam. So it gives us no right whatsoever to make fun of another group of people. There's no exceptions to this. And most of comedy today, most of stand-up comedy and comedy shows and comedy movies, most of it is making fun of other people. Isn't it true? Yes? Making fun of other races, other nationalities, other skin colors, other accents, other traditions and cultures, right? This is what, this is what most entertainment is all about today. And so this, you know, some, someone might say, well, you know, Brother Fahad, it's okay, Yani, you know. We joke with one another, but we're brothers. It's okay, there's no hard feelings. Allah here is telling us that, listen, you may assume that there's no hard feelings, but deep down inside, there are hard feelings. And, you know, this idea of using your tongue to make fun of others, this is something that, you know, is a sign of ego, actually. You only make fun of others when you want to bring others down. Right? And, and when you bring others down, that makes you higher than them. That's a cheap way of being arrogant, by the way. You know? You don't want to elevate yourself up. You just want to put other people down so that you are above them. You are more superior to them. So there's three, three prohibitions in this ayah. The first one is don't make fun of others. The second one is وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ And don't insult one another with, with actions, with, you know, with your eyes, with your hands, with your gestures, with your bodies. You know, don't insult one another in front of their faces. Don't, you know, call out the flaws of other people. You know, someone, someone in your, or your friends, in your community has a flaw, don't call it out. Don't expose his flaws. Don't, you know, make a joke out of him in public. Don't embarrass him in front of public. And then the third one is, وَلَا تَنَابَزُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ And don't call each other with nicknames that hurt, hurt them. You know, some people, they have nicknames like, that are acceptable, right? For example, you know, the kunyas, like Abu Abdullah, that's fine, right? Someone calls me Abu Abdullah, that actually is fine. But, you know, someone, uh, you know, is, is nicknamed like shorty or fatty or, I don't know. You know, something that they don't like. Or blackie, you know. These are things that, you know, are, again, funny and, you know, it makes the environment and the the social gathering fun and enjoyable, but deep down inside it really hurts the people. Right? So Allah is being extra cautious of the feelings of every, everybody. Right? Allah is being courteous of the feelings of others. And that's what a believer does also. A believer is always careful not to hurt other people's feelings. He's courteous of other people's feelings. So Allah then says, Such a horrible thing to be associated with this fusq. After we become a believer, now you're doing these things? So it's as if Allah is saying that, you know, if you claim to be a believer, then these, you know, mocking words and insulting words and, you know, these sorts of comments, they're far, far away. This, it's, it's something that should be ugly to you. After, after you came into Iman, all of these things should be ugly to you. You should be completely clean from any sort of insult, any sort of making fun of others and any sort of mocking, right? That's the sign of a believer. And then Allah says, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ This is a warning here. You notice the, the language. Allah is saying, if you don't repent, if you don't ask for forgiveness, then you are 
from the zalimun. You have wronged. You have done injustice. And zalimun comes from the root word zulm, which means darkness. So whenever you do injustice to others, it darkens your heart. When, when your heart darkens up, what happens to your iman? Say bye-bye to your iman. So you see how making fun, insulting in public, and you know, cracking jokes actually has an impact on our iman. It's a serious, serious matter, you know? And Allah here is mentioning it in this surah. Eight, out of 18 ayat, one ayah is dedicated to making fun of people and degrading them in public. Is that a big deal or a small deal? Small deal. Yes, how many of you think it's a big deal? It's a pretty big deal, right? Especially the warning at the end, okay? So you see what the Quran does? It wakes us up to things that we were forgetful of, right? Things that we took easy now, when we look at the language, oh my God, zalimun, wrong, wrongdoers, those who commit injustice, this is, this is pretty serious. I'm not going to get into that. So, you know, what comes out of our tongue originates in our hearts. Don't say, you know, brother, uh, it's okay, I crack jokes with him, but, you know, I really love that brother. What comes out of the tongue originates in the heart. Take that as a standard rule. If your heart is clean, then good words will come out of your, your tongue. You will say truthful things. You will be honest. You will be kind. You will be merciful. You will be loving. But if there's disease in your heart, there's darkness in your heart, then you will you'll be lying. You will be breaking promises. You will be mocking. You will be making fun. You will be 